Well, welcome everybody to Rooted in Logos, episode number 49. My name is Brad. I am joined, as always, by my dear friend and co-conspirator, Austin Loop. How you doing, Austin? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah? I'm living the dream. Heck yeah. Yeah. Trimming trees, selling concrete, that's what we do. You <laughs> know, living those dreams. Surviving <laughs> ice storms, no big deal. It's fine. Yeah, we, we've had a nice... Uh, actually, really, I think we kind of lucked out. We did. Um, I didn't ask you how... Was your couple of days dealing with that? Was it? Yeah, wasn't too bad. There was there was decent amount of sitting. We got some tickets here and there, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Yeah, at all. we had a nice little ice storm roll through. Like apparently over a third of the country did. Like it was a pretty massive <laughs> yeah. system, and uh, you know they were talking ice apocalypse twenty twenty two, right? Yeah. Like it was going to be a big deal. And uh, I mean, it was the roads were bad. Yeah, we we were. My job was off on Thursday. I stayed home and just didn't go anywhere because I didn't want to try. You oh know. yeah, I did go to work Friday. Uh, took two falls, and we're just gonna tell this story because I find it kind of funny. And I'm trying to work through my anger on this, but uh, took two spills. And uh, I, like most of you, probably have a doorbell camera. Uh, my doorbell camera picked up both of my tumbles <laughs> on the ice. Yes. Um, my wonderful roommate, who you may remember, Carter, uh, decided to take those videos, uh, share them with a few people. Those few people then decided to um, make them, put them to music. <laughs> I need to see these. So, I need to see um, them. Apparently, apparently, there's a TikTok trend oh, no. where you set someone's fall to somebody once told me from the first line of All Star by Smash yeah. Mouth. And when it says body, somebody, that's when the fall is supposed to happen. Yeah. And so she did that for both of them. And, and, I don't know if she posted them anywhere. All I know is I have them on my phone now. Um, so thanks. No, I, it's it's funny. It was it was a good moment. And really, I had nothing for an icebreaker because honestly, things have gone pretty well these last few weeks. Um, and outside of schoolwork and, and preparing for this and watching Kentucky basketball, I haven't done a whole lot of like staying in. Uh, up to date with a ton of the current events just for like the last week or so. Obviously, we did our episode last week and I did some research for that, but I've kind of actively for the last week or so avoided some of the news sites just for a little mental health. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just garbage. Benefit. And, and I'll get back into it because I do think it's important to know what's going on and, and stay focused on, you know, or well, stay focused on the main thing, but know what's going on. Be know aware what's of what's on. happening. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I just, I'm like, I don't have any stories today because. Whatever. Most of them are bad anyways. So. Yeah, that's right. So uh, so before we get started, we're going to finish Romans 12 today, I think, we hope, we pray. Um, but before we get started, I do want to say shout out to uh, Nick and Aaron from the Toothless Podcast one more time. If you haven't listened to it, jump on our Facebook page, Rooted in Logos. I posted the episode that I joined, and then through that, you can find any other episodes of theirs. Pretty solid guys. I, I think it's pretty cool when we can collaborate with other believers and kind of mm-hmm. do this for Get a different audience. With fellow brothers and yeah. members of the church. So maybe their audience, if you found us through them, we're glad you're here. We hope you stick around. We hope you like it. And if you are one of ours, go listen to them, check them out, leave them a nice little review and tell them hey and give them some support, show them some love cuz uh I think they're doing some good stuff and yeah. I think uh they're furthering the kingdom. Furthering the kingdom. Aaron and Nick, good guys. So uh today though, we're going to jump back into Romans chapter 12. And we're going to talk about gifts of grace and marks of a true Christian. We're going to start in verse 3, get through the end of the chapter, 
Um, I think we said that uh, twice now that we're going to get through Romans 12, and we've literally done two verses. Hey, uh, a couple I, hours on two verses. Truly chalk it up to, I think, the Holy Spirit was... Oh, just... I, no, 100%. Oh, yeah. And, and it, I had a blast. I, great, I, those yeah. were two, I think, pretty solid episodes as far as just the concepts that we can't... We, we're able to glean from two verses and yeah. and the applications we were to use. We talked to ourselves <laughs> during that time and mm-hmm. convicted, I think ourselves of some things and yeah. <laughs> stepped yeah. on our own toes. And yeah. so um, hopefully we do that again today. Cause that's kind of what this is for is to dig deeper and Christian and living and Christian life. Yeah. So this is another practical section of Romans 12. This is a very practical section. A lot of application we can take from this. So, Austin, why don't you get us going? Start at verse 3 and just read until you want to stop. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, within reason. Oh, man. Like, I was just going to keep going. I know. Let's not get to the end of Revelation and be like, amen. I know. I mean, it'd be cool, but (laughs) it's not what we're doing today. (laughs) All right. So, Romans chapter 12, starting verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you... Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Verse 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. One of my favorite passages out of Scripture, for sure. Yeah, this is solid. It's got so many practical applications, so many... You know, so many things for us to learn and, and so many things for us to just remind ourselves of. You know, it's funny, you and I were talking before we started recording and we brought up this exact thing of, yeah. of you know, using your gifts and, and doing what you feel like you're good at, but also keeping in mind to stay humble Yeah, and to be like, look, I, I'm, I might have a skill, but it's because of God. It's not because of me and also not to, you know, well, we'll talk about that, but it just, <laughs> it's, it's really cool how... Without even thinking about it, we ran into this section of, of scripture just in our conversation. Oh yeah, and without it would just we're naturally. Like, oh wait, hey, we're talking about this yeah, today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so let's verse three. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, 
but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. When I read this, I go straight to looking at Paul. Like he says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. And again, looking at the life of Paul, this Pharisee of Pharisees, this Jew of Jews, and he, he says that, he started schooling at a young age, uh, by about 12, 13, when he went through his, uh, is it bar mitzvah? Bar mitzvah or bar mitzvah? I think it's bar mitzvah. Oh man, I forgot which one. Bar for one of a boy or girl, ba for a boy or girl, whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> coming of that age is... <laughs> in the Jewish culture. <laughs> You're when, beyond me on that one. When he becomes a man in the Jewish culture, he started going through all this, this training, learning the law, uh, waking up early every morning and going through these ritual prayers and doing these things all the way up to the age of 30, uh, which Christ did similarly, <clears throat> though his was truly the word of God because he was the word of God. But that's a side note. So Paul going through all of this to get where he was, and he thought very highly of himself. Oh, absolutely. Very highly of himself. All of the Pharisees did. And when Christ showed up to him on the road to Emmaus, or the road to Damascus, sorry. I, I think that's what he's referencing to. By the grace given to me, Christ showed him grace. Oh, absolutely. Mercy. And he woke him up. And so I, I think Paul is looking back at this moment, looking back at his life as in, do not do what I did. I was haughty. I thought myself more highly than I thought. So I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Well, think think about Paul before his conversion at Damascus, and and you're right, how arrogant he was, how hot he thought of himself as, like you said, the Jew of Jews and the Pharisee. Like, he was top-notch. He, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of a, you know, he's the Tom Brady of Jews, right? (laughs) Like, he is at the top of his game. He's the GOAT, whatever you want to say in 2022 i i really don't know i just feel like i sounded really stupid saying goat but like he but honestly like he he was very well thought of very highly respected guarantee you he was looked up to by everyone he came in contact with within the jewish community obviously aside from the christians he was killing you know (laughs) yeah and he was humbled and and I, i don't know if i can there's a word strong enough to say how humbled he was on the road to damascus i mean he was struck blind he was asked by Jesus himself, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. <laughs> and he was brought as low as he could be without without being killed, without being sent to hell, which is what he deserved, of course, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, we all deserve that, but in this case, just for the sake of what we're talking about right now, Paul really deserved it because he was killing Christians. He was killing people who proclaimed Christ. And so... If anybody knows a thing or two about thinking too highly of themselves and being brought down and humbled, it's Paul. It's it's the one who was at the top of his game, brought just completely crashing down, crashed yeah. down. He he hit his face on the pavement. hit his face on the pavement. Yeah. yeah, he had a moment, and and he he met Jesus, and he wasn't immediately restored. He wasn't immediately brought back to, to his sight. Wasn't immediately brought back. He. There was some work to do, but he oh, yeah. was converted, and he was shown, hey, you were not an, um, this amazing person because of your own power, because of your own strength. You were smart, you were intelligent, because I want to use you for my for my purposes. Yes. 
And that's when Paul truly realized his greatness is when he wasn't great, when he realized he's not great. God's great and great through him. You know, he Paul mm-hmm. talks in uh, one of his one of his letters that you know, in my weakness, God is strong, and I boast only in my weakness. I don't yeah. boast in myself. I boast only in my weakness. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing here in this just first little section here is I was boasting in myself. I thought I was amazing, but I'm not. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So. We see it a lot just in, in Christian entertainment, Christian music. We see these people who I would think started off wanting to do be genuine worship artists, be genuine, you know, they genuinely wanted to write music for the church, this, that, and the other, and then they get success, and it just blows them up. It warps their mind. It warps their mind, and they become, you know, they become divas. They become very self-absorbed, and yet they're supposed to be the ones leading us to the throne room in, yeah. in worship. Yeah. And I just, I think it's so easy for us as humans to have a little bit of success and a little bit of like praise and adulation, adoration from people that it just, it we have a tendency to get big headed. Yeah. And Paul sees that and he's immediately like, okay, look, don't, don't get big headed. Oh, yeah. Like he's trying to put a lid on that before it happens because that's our tendency. Well, and it's interesting too, because looking at, again, different different books he's, he's, or real letters he's written when he's talking about tongues, he's like, I have spoken more tongues than any of you. I've spoken in more tongues than way more of any of you. And, and but he brings it back to th- that's not something to aspire to. And you're thinking yourself more highly than you ought to trying to get them back in their place. Um, but, but yeah, he's, he's trying to reach these people saying, look, you need to take a step back. You are not as important as you think you are. Again, going back to your actions are as filthy rags. So don't think yourself highly, which again, we'll get to here in a little bit. But think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. You know, I think it's, this one's a little tough because, you know, you, you start to think about, is Paul talking about our talents and our gifts in this exact moment? I, I don't really think so, because that, that comes here in the next few verses. Mm-hmm. I think Paul is is trying to encourage us to keep our faith in perspective, to keep our position in perspective, like where, who we are in relation to God and in relation to Christ, and also to continue to pursue spiritual maturity. Yeah. Right? He's, he's saying, think with sober judgment, basically as best you can, yes. according to where you are <laughs> in your faith in that moment. And to continue to strive to go deeper in your faith and to then continue to judge soberly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and to stay humble. Yeah. No, and I definitely I, I look at that too. And a, a little bit of both as this isn't saving faith. This isn't your salvation. This is like again, we're about to go into spiritual gifts, not talents. We're looking at spiritual gifts. And when he says, but thinking with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. God has assigned these to you. They're gifts. He has given them to you. And when it's talking about according to the measurement of faith that God has given you, as we get deeper in our faith, right, we're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be strengthening our faith. I truly believe that's why Christ likens it to if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, that's that's your bare bones. That's your minimum there. A mustard seed is the smallest you can get. And then it's supposed to get bigger and bigger and stronger from there. So as you get deeper in your faith, your measure of faith grows bigger, and it it should. Which also should lead to humility. It should lead to using your gifts and talents accordingly, and and with humility and with restraint and with the proper perspective of who you are and who he is and who you're not. Yeah. 
And a quick side note, just from personal experience, you know, you hit those moments where you're like, man, I, I feel like my relationship with Christ is awesome. It's going great. You're in that season of peace and then you get hit and you feel like you might, you might have faith the quarter of a mustard seed. Yeah. And I, we, we, Brad and I, we've been there. But again, going back to God has assigned it to you. He has given it to you and you have it. So don't think yourself more highly than you ought, but don't think yourself more lowly than you ought. And as we get into this next section, looking at these gifts God has given you as you see your gift, okay, and and you're using it. One, yeah, don't think highly too highly of yourself, but if you think too lowly of yourself, you won't be able to use it the you'll way be, that God wants you You'll be ineffective. Exactly. Yeah, you'll be ineffective. Yeah. It, it's, it's confidence. It's confidence, and, and it's it's that, and it is a fine line, I think, but it is yes. that fine line between confidence and arrogance. And arrogance. It's this, I know I'm skilled at this, and, and I know that God has given me the ability to do these things, and we'll they'll list some of them here, but also I know it's God-given, right? Yes. It's not my own power. It's not my own abilities and talents. It's God-given. God could easily take him from you. Yeah. You look at Job even. Mm-hmm. God takes all everything away. Job was in a very high place. He took mm-hmm. it all away. And we have to keep that toe that line yes. of like, I know I'm good at this, but also I know it's because of God and I'm going to use this talent for God. Yes. So I get, yeah, before we jump into that side, <laughs> before we get too ahead of ourselves. So verse four, talking about the body of Christ, such an important topic. My wife and I, we love listening to music, listening to things that incorporate the body of Christ, whenever it talks about the bride of Christ. And we kind of get salty when we listen to things that kind of attack the bride of Christ or denote it or make it less than what it's supposed to be. Again, looking at this is the bride, the bride of Christ that he he is going to become one with. And I think we definitely need to put some emphasis on it. So we'll read it, but I also want to skip to First uh, Corinthians, where he talks yeah. about the body of Christ a little bit deeper. So verse four, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So, I mean, right off the bat, talking about the body of Christ, the the church, talking about the people within your church. And it is mentioned so many times throughout the New Testament as being the body of Christ, being the bride of Christ. And it is so purposeful. And why is that? It's because to have a body in unison functioning the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And it healthy, a healthy body functioning the way it's supposed to. You're, you have two arms, you have two legs, two feet, two hands, two eyes, two ears. There's a reason for all of that. Uh, you alluded to 1 Corinthians, and that's exactly where my mind went when I was reading this this week of, you know, is, is the eye going to say the no, to the nose, I'm not a nose, I'm useless. So, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course. I think, I think Austin's going to read it here in a second. He's going to read the whole thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just put it, put in this, putting this practically. There are people that can lead worship on stage and sing, play instruments, There are people that can run the soundboard. There are people that can teach in Bible study. There are people that pick up the chairs, fold the chairs. There are people that set up for potlucks. There are people that cook. I mean, there are people to for the church body to function the way God intended it to function. We all have to do what we're what we're good at. God's not going to ask 
a non-musical person to play music. Yeah. Right? He's not going to ask someone who's not handy to fix the air conditioner. Yeah. Like, we all have something we can offer the church in service to the church, and yes. in service to, specifically to God. Yes. And that's what's important, and Paul drives it home even more in 1 Corinthians. Yeah. Well, and, and definitely, so this is a controversial topic within the church, looking at the difference between gifts and talents. And if you have a talent, yes, God has given it to you, and you need to be using it. Um, like looking at music, uh, those who can play instruments or those who can sing, that's a talent. That is not a spiritual gift. It's not. There's nothing in scripture that talks to singing or playing music as a spiritual gift. It's a talent, a talent that God has given, but not a spiritual gift. And I think that is a very important thing to discern. So we'll, we'll go through it and we'll talk about it a little bit more. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, and I will just read until it becomes not applicable. <laughs> verse 12, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body. So it is with Christ for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body... The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which our more presentable parts do not require, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So again, looking at the body of Christ as these different members, you have hands, you have feet, you have a heart, you have spleens, you have these organs, the inner workings. And when you have a body that is missing a piece, it's debilitating. Look at a body that is missing a complete arm or a body that's missing a leg. Those are things that, yes, you can live with, but you cannot function to the full ability. Right. Now, again, looking at what he was talking about, certain parts are, are super important. You have a heart. If you don't have a heart, you're dead. There's right. nothing beating. If you are missing your kidneys, things are going to shut down. Your body will shut down and die. There are important parts of the body that you cannot live without. And I liken those to teaching. Again, looking at these spiritual gifts, which Paul talks about in other, other letters, that desire these gifts because these gifts are important. Prophesying, teaching, leading others in the word. Those are those are monumental. Those are the heart. Those are the mind. Those are things that if you don't have, the body will die. Looking at the arms, the feet, the hands, 
If you're missing a hand, it's debilitating. You can't do as much as you're supposed to, but you can still do things. You can still do the things that you're supposed to, just not as well. And then looking at that as the difference between talents and gifts. Uh, actually, let's go to, we'll run to Galatians. So looking at... Well, to further your example, what do we do when someone loses an arm or loses a leg? We, we replace them with, with a prosthetic. The goal is to put the body back together yeah. at that point and to make them a whole body again. Again, it may not function exactly 100% perfectly, yeah. but it's to put the body back together. Well, so that's transplants. The, yeah, that's yeah, the for, importance of, of these issues is yeah. the importance of each person within the body of Christ. You are necessary. No matter what your function is within the church, big church, you know, church proper, you are necessary. You are valued. And you are to use your gifts to further the kingdom within the church. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, looking at, for, forgo the prosthetic. I mean, if we can attach a whole arm, we need to be doing it. Right. And even when he says one arm, if your right arm causes you to sin, it's even talking about the, the body of Christ. Right. If you have an arm that is causing the entire body to sin, you need to cut it off and get rid of it. That's uh, you're talking about sexual immorality. And if your brother does not do what he needs to do, confess and come back, then you need to get him out of the church or else he will infect the rest of the body. That's sin. Sin is infectious. It speaks to church unity, and that's a different topic, but it really does. It speaks to church unity because, you know, not only sexual morality, I think that's a huge one. I think that's one of the more obvious ones, but also someone who does spread disunity within the church, within the body. Someone who is gossiping, someone who is causing trouble, someone who is, you know, even even less quote-unquote sinister, but like complaining about things that aren't deep theological things, yeah. right? Complaining about the color of the carpet or complaining yeah. about how many ply toilet paper we use in the bathrooms. Like someone that does that and sows that division yeah. should also be dealt with. Making and, and, things an issue that are not an issue. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, it, yeah, going back to try not to push it too much, but the difference between gifts and talents. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just a little bit beforehand, spiritual gifts. Uh, verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of, manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So, right off the bat, if, if your gift is not doing good, or it's not good, it probably isn't from God. But that's a, a side note topic. <laughs> uh, for to the one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge. According to the same Spirit... To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to, dis- to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individual as he wills. And then jumping ahead, uh, verse 28... And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. So again, that's talking about... um, The wisdom, the knowledge. Yeah. Your your discernment. Your yeah. wisdom, yeah. Those are spiritual gifts. Those are the things God has granted you and given you as 
a part of the, the body of Christ, which we are to use and work in unison. Versus in the church, you have someone who is great at working sound. That's their gift. Their, that's their talent. God has talented them with that. So they're able to give that time to the church and help with that. Uh, versus someone who is uh, really good with uh, singing or good with playing the piano or cello or, or guitar or drums or whatever it is, you are presenting that talent saying, I want to give it back to God. But that is not a spiritual gift. And some might disagree with me with that, but there's nothing, <laughs> yeah. nothing in scripture that says that. And again, going back to thinking yourself more highly than you ought, that is where we need to be very careful. And especially, yeah. I guess for me, it goes, my mind goes to the the worship teams and stuff like that, where it turns into more of your rock star Jesus, more of your concert. Than yeah, your, your weekly, worship. this is my weekly concert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's just that warning. Remember, think yourself not as highly as you are thinking. Yeah. And bring yourself a little bit lower, reminding yourself, this is not a spiritual gift. This is a talent. I am giving back to God, and I want to present that to God and worship Him that way. That That's what David was doing. He played the lyre, he sang to God because it was a talent God gave him. And he was giving it back to him saying, praise be to you. And and that's what we need to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And and it just, when I was, when I, when I was first in Bible college and was working at a church, he gave us a spiritual gifts test. Now, I don't necessarily put a lot of stock in the personality test and stuff like that, although some of them have some validity, I think. Yeah. And, and this one specifically was about your spiritual gifts. And it wasn't, are you good at playing piano? Are you good at drums? Are you good at mixing a soundboard? Like, are you good yeah. at stacking chairs? It was, are you an encourager? Yeah. Are you a teacher? Are you someone who is wise? Are you someone who can discern things well? Are you yeah. someone that's a prayer warrior? Like, legitimate, these deep things that that we all as Christians possess some of these gifts. I do believe that yeah. just on different levels and different measurement, different measurements. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I remember a couple of mine. I remember I was really high on encouraging and generosity, yeah. really low, like, and Paul mentions it in first Corinthians on administration and yeah, yeah. organization and stuff like some of those, because I think those are some spiritual gifts too. someone oh, who yeah. can well, they are. It's be a it bookkeeper is. at the church. Right. Yeah. And we have, amazing bookkeepers at our church that are yes, very <laughs> detail-oriented and very on the ball, whereas I would not do great at that, although I'm yeah. going to have to learn. But, <laughs> so, I, you know, it's just where you know where you are within the church. Know what you're, know where you're gifted. Know what yeah. you're good at in this realm. I, I agree. I, I even kind of was guilty of conflating talent and gift yeah. in, in the first part of this, but I totally get it. Like, yeah. it, it makes sense. They're two separate things. Yeah. So... Yeah, and shout shout out to our administrator at the church. She rocks. She rocks. She rocks. Yep. Man, she's on it, and that is that is a spiritual gift. All right, so moving on. Verse six: Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So right there, he's saying you need to use them, which implies again, reading through Romans, that that was an issue. That was an issue with the Romans. They they probably had people that had gifts but we're not using them or we're using them in the wrong way, right. which I would liken to being sinful. If you have a gift from God that you do not use, either you're neglecting it, you're using it the wrong way, or you're just not using it at all. 
I think that that is definitely something we need to be looking at. I I don't necessarily put too much stake in you have to know your your spiritual gift. You have to know it or else you can't do it. I, I think as again, it's a gift that God has given you. You're as you are getting deeper in your faith, more knowledge in scripture uh, for those who teach. I think that's just something natural God flows through you basically. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're going to have a natural bend. But right? it, but it, it is easier. It is easier if you can tell of yourself. You know right. yourself well enough to be like, okay, I'm very knowledgeable in scripture. I'm, I'm good with talking to people. I'm really good with teaching people. I, I think my spiritual gift is teaching. Right. And to be able to say, okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, but also praying, saying, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, let me do it well. Bless that. Right. And if it's not what you want me to do, let me fall on my face. Well, <laughs> exactly. And, and I think, and this gets into the psychology of uh, of people to some degree, and I do enjoy some of studying some of that, you know, the psychology of behavior and, yeah. and personalities and stuff like that. We all have a personality. We, you, a lot of times when you get to know somebody, you, you, you as a person can almost look at that person and say, hey, I think your spiritual gift might be this. Why don't you explore that? Yeah. Because you can see their personality. You can see what they're geared towards right if they're if they're geared towards that you know organization and that kind of type a personality you're gonna know and and as as an individual when you're looking at yourself you're gonna be passionate about these things you're gonna enjoy doing these things if you don't enjoy repairing you know a wall that's probably not a talent that you have or or a spiritual gift of service that you have if you enjoy diving into the word and teaching others then yeah you and your your spiritual gift is going to be teaching if you enjoy being an encouragement to others you enjoy talking to people when they're going through stuff that you're gonna enjoy what you're gifted in i, I yeah i believe that 100 percent. so so just go with your personality no <laughs> do what your heart tells do what your heart tells you, you do. <laughs> no again <laughs> a toss no <laughs> no you dummy okay yeah so picking up last half of verse six if prophecy in proportion to our faith. Going back to verse 3, where he's talking about each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And now looking at prophecy. If prophecy, in proportion to your faith. That's the only one that he says that with. In proportion to your faith. I see that as, again, what is prophecy? Prophecy, Old Testament versus New Testament. Old Testament, when you have the prophets, they were prophesying about future events, things that were going to take place that had not taken place, or things that were happening but needed more revelation from God to the people. So that is prophecy. Versus New Testament, prophecy in the New Testament is you are just prophesying over the things that have been written, revealing well, that Christ has put through. Not only that, Paul actually defines this yes. in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. All right, He, he says... On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Yes. It, it is the ability to speak scripture over the lives of those around you. Yes. The ability to, to understand the promises of the New Testament, of the New Covenant, and pour those out onto the people who need it and who need encouraging, who need... I think it goes hand in hand with being an encourager, being someone who is able to counsel Yeah, and just to understand the covenant, understand where we are under grace and what that means for us and how that applies to our lives and be able to speak that over the people we're around. Yeah. It's Paul and defines that prophecy very, not like, woe, woe to the sinners, woe to, right. it's not necessarily the, 
judgment is coming, although it is, yeah. but it, that's not necessarily what it's talking about. That, yeah. like you see in Isaiah, right, where he's prophesying, Daniel, where there's a yep. book of prophecy. Yep. That's not what he's going with. Or, you know, I'm going to prophesy that Jerusalem's going to be taken into captivity. So if prophecy in proportion to our faith, I, I also look at that as in proportion to our faith, as our faith is growing, if, if that is your gift, that needs to be growing as well, as in your um, presentation of it. You're being able to bring prophecy to these people. You are bringing the words of Christ. You're bringing these these things in Scripture to them. And as your, your, your faith grows, so does your prophecy, if that makes sense. Verse 7, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So again, going back to spiritual gifts, teaching, exhortation, uh, contributing generosity, leading with zeal, contributing mercy, cheerfulness. The, these are things that are their gifts. Yeah. And if you have them, you need to be using them. If you are neglecting them, I, again, I would, as far as to say, it's you're sinning. You are rejecting something that the God of the universe has given you. And I, I say that stepping on my own toes. Yeah, um, for sure. Look, I, we, Emily, Emily and I, we actually took one of those tests a while back of, you know, what what are you more prevalent in gift-wise, you know, spiritual gifts, whatever. And what, one of mine was was teaching and prophesying, and which prophesying I thought was a little <laughs> weird. But, but if you look at it in light of 1 Corinthians exactly. 14, you're like, okay, that makes a little more sense now. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Which and, was new to me, by the way, this this week. Yeah. That was a new thing for me. So, oh, oh, cool. Yeah. I love, I love when we learn new things. Yeah. So, and, and it's so awesome being able to be in this this church that we're at and to be able to actually start doing that. Um, I, I'm young. I'm just now 27. But especially even with this, this is the first time I've actually been able to, to be in that teaching moment, besides with my children and with my wife. And it, it is such, I, I can't even describe it, to, to be of that that sense of mind where I, I truly believe I'm doing what God has me to do. Yeah. I, I am what I, I believe I'm fulfilling the gifts that God has given me. And as I grow deeper, I want to get further and deeper into it. Yeah. And we talked about this today, you know, I, and I even made the same comment to you, like not to sound like I'm bragging or being whatever, but I do feel like the two of us and, and myself, like we're kind of, we're decent at this. Like this is it, comes kind of naturally to us it it you know when i go in back and edit or i or even listening to the one we did last that i did last week with the other guys like it sounds good it it sounds coherent yeah and like i feel like like you said we're doing what god wants us to be doing and and fulfilling one of our spiritual gifts of of teaching and and even exhorting right calling people to action and calling people to to dive deeper and to you know take their faith seriously and do something with it not just you know, live on the milk and not just be a nominal Christian. Yeah. And it's really fulfilling. Like, honestly, it, it's been one of those things for me that in the last six or seven years, I haven't felt uh, of just this, I'm kind of maybe doing what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. for the first time in six or seven years, yep. right? And yep. and and it's funny because you get that, you're able to retrospectively look back and be like, man, what was I doing those 
six or seven years. And, yeah. Right. Like I've been wasting man, time. I feel like I wasted a lot of time <laughs> yeah. in the, in those moments. And, and yeah. granted, not all that. I mean, of course, we. I think we all. I think we did things that that were furthering the kingdom in those mm-hmm. moments for sure. I'm not saying like it was a wasted six or seven years. Right. But you know, Austin and I again talked about this maybe even last week when we were just outside of this podcast. We we talked about. Um, how the stuff that we've gone through in the last six or seven months, eight months, maybe part of the reason was to get us to this point. I believe it. Yeah. And for me personally, to get back into some sort of ministry of some sort, like to, yeah. to get get the education I want that I started 15 years ago and didn't finish and, yeah. and get back into some sort of ministry. Don't know what it looks like yet. I'm impatient and I have so many ideas, <laughs> but like, yeah, maybe that's the purpose of this is to actually start using spiritual gifts again yeah. that I wasn't doing before. And even going as far as to say, you know, thinking that God allowed both of us, both of us to go through what we've been going through for the past six months to a year to bring us together to do this and to do something else coming. I, yeah. I truly believe that. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready for it. And we'll do it with cheerfulness, cheerfulness. as it says at the end of verse eight. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So let's go to verse nine. Let's yeah. just dive into the next little section here and try to power through it. We are. Well, and it's good because we're, whenever I look at this section, so verse nine through 21, it, it's labeled as marks of a true Christian. It, this has been my f- favorite segment of scripture for a long time. Uh, and I, I have it marked in my Bible as the Knight's Code. And again, looking at us as brothers and sisters in Christ, as Paul likens us to priests, and I, I've, I've said it many times, if you know me, I have this, this thing about knights and knighthood and stuff like that. It, it's a different topic for another day. <laughs> I, I really do. When you, when you read through this, it, it reminds me of something that would be read during a knighting ceremony. Yeah. And, and it puts just that high level, that elevation on us. Again, not thinking too high of ourselves, but realizing, yes, in the scheme of things, sure, we might be worms, but... We're not, in the sense of we are sons and daughters of the king. Right. And we are fellow heirs. We are heirs, as in first Christ and then us to yeah. the throne. Yeah. And looking at that as... And we're going to share in the glory. We're going to share in the reward and share in that at the end of the age, right? Yeah. And, and we are... We're his. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of the song, but I am who you say I am, right? <laughs> Yeah, but that there's a part of that comes straight. You are for me, not against me. Yeah, right. Like, yes, we are. We are worms. We are. Mm-hmm. Our good deeds are filthy rags. Yeah, but we are not worthless right. in God's eyes yes. when we're in Christ. Yes, got to make sure we keep that caveat exactly. in there. When we're yes. in Christ, we are not worthless in His eyes. We yeah. are His children. Yes, and that's yeah. an amazing thing to think about. And it should keep us humble. It shouldn't puff us up. It shouldn't make us arrogant and haughty. Yeah, it should keep us humble, and it should go with these next few verses mm-hmm. as to how we live and what and what our character looks like. Yeah. So yeah, a royal priesthood and a royal knighthood. That that is where we're at. That is what we are. So yeah, right off the bat verse 9, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil or hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. I, I, I furthering on verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. When you're loving, I mean we're called to love everybody. But I've, I've said this before, uh, something my wife and I, we talk about. It is really hard to love someone if you don't like them. Yeah, there's semantics there. You know, you meet someone, you don't know if you like them or not. You're still called to love them. I, I'm more talking about if there's enmity between you and someone right. else. It is right. hard to love that person if you 
don't like them. And it's saying, let your love be genuine. Don't fake it. Don't say, oh, yeah, I love you. And because you're lying. And it's going it, to, that's going to come back into play the last couple verses yes. of this chapter. Yes. And because it is, let love be genuine. Be, first of all, people can see through fake love. Yeah, they can. Right? I mean, honestly, it, it, you have the stereotypical like TV show where it's like, oh, you look great today. Huh? You're saying nice words, but yep. you, you can tell you really don't mean those nice words. And, yeah. And people can tell when you don't genuinely love them when you don't mm. truly have their best interest at heart and when you don't when you're not they they can tell when you have something you want from them like yeah. your love comes with some sort of condition or some sort of strings attached or even some sort of like ulterior motive yeah and it's got to be genuine no ulterior motives no what can you do for me i love you because of what you can do for me it's i love you yeah no matter what you can do for me no matter how you treat me i love you yes yeah 100 percent and then next, abhor what is evil. Hate it. Hate evil. Hate evil as God hates evil. That is so important. Hold fast to what is good. If there is something good, at, and scripture says that, everything good comes from God. Yeah. So we need to be holding as tight as we can to everything good because God has made it. So love one another with brotherly affection. That is the... Phileo, or where you get the word Philadelphia, brotherly love. And it's with the affection of brotherly love, outdoing one another and showing honor. Now, looking at that, outdoing one another, <laughs> uh, a lot of people will read that as a, uh, like, uh, what's it called? A competition. Competition, yeah. yeah. You're competing your brothers and showing honor. And, and that's not, that's not what it's talking about. It's not a competition. You're not making yourself look better than your brother's. So, um, I like what this commentary here says. Yeah. All right. It, it says, outdo one another. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to try to pronounce the Greek word, uh, but it's only occurring once in the New Testament, right yes. here. It's the only time it's there. And it doesn't suggest conceited one-upmanship, but exemplary behavior, honoring others in service in ways that lead others to do likewise. Yes. You're right. It's not this competition of, let me see if I can do better than you. It's... I'm going to honor you, and then you turn around and then honor the next, and, and yes. serve the next person, honor the next person. First of all, guys, I just want to apologize for my dogs. <laughs> the, the husky is going insane tonight. I don't understand why. And honestly, I don't know how to control it. We're going to deal with it. You're going to have to live with the noises. So that's not professional, but it is what it is. All right, continue. Anyway, continue. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's outdoing one another and showing honor as in you're leading. You're leading people to Christ. And again, not a competition, but I'm leading someone, which in turns want get gets you to want to lead more people, and then in turn want gets me to want to lead more people. Yeah, well, it's it's the also that kind of philosophy of always having a Paul above you and a Timothy below you. Yes. So you are a Timothy, but you're also a Paul at the yes. same time. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. Is is as someone's pouring into you, you then want to pour into somebody else and mm. and build them up, and hopefully. They want to do the same, and so on and so forth. It becomes a pay-it-forward type yeah. scenario, right? If yeah. you've seen that movie. Yep. And something I've I've started as, as a dad, and something I, I picked up from my dad, listening to his prayers. Um, one of his prayers were, Lord God, I pray that my children would love you more than me. And in turn, that would get him and spur him on to love Christ even more. Yeah. And, and that I, I use that now. I, I pray, Lord God, allow my children to love you more than I do, so that in turn it would encourage me to love you even more. And, and th this is where I get that. 
as outdoing my children and showing love to God so that they would outdo me so that yeah. I would in turn outdo them. Not as, again, not as the, that competition, but just that's what we need to be doing, encouraging right. each other to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. So slothful. That's laziness. laziness. Do not be lazy, but be fervent. Zeal. Your zeal is your drive. You know, what drives you to follow Christ? Being that lazy of you get up in the morning and you're like, man, I really need to be in the word, but I'm kind of tired. That, that was me this morning. I got up, I got to work and I'm in my truck and I'm, I'm waiting for our morning meeting and I'm like, man, I am not feeling it today. And I dozed off. I, I woke up, we had our meeting and it's like, man, it's normally how I start my day. I'm in yeah. the word every morning. I'm like, man, I wasn't, I wasn't there this morning. And I, man, I, I regret it really bad because I was lazy. That was slothfulness. And I'm like, I don't want that. And this is our encouragement to you guys. Don't be lazy. Yeah. Don't be lazy when it comes to reading the word, praying and doing your other spiritual gifts. Be passionate about serving too. Yeah. Like be passionate about serving the Lord. It, it is the most fulfilling thing. I mean, I don't know from experience, it's the most fulfilling thing you'll ever do is Amen. serving the Lord. It is going to fulfill you more than your job. You are to serve your Lord, serve the Lord in, in your job, but actually serving the Lord in, in a kingdom building sense, as in your spiritual gift, as in your spiritual sense. gift yes. type sense, with your family, with your kids, with your spouse, with the church, is is the most fulfilling thing you can do. Yes, I'm not a parent, but I've been I've been a foster parent, but I'm not a parent. But I can tell you, the most fulfilled I felt spiritually was when a I'm doing something like this. I'm teaching. I'm help. I'm trying to help people grow. I'm growing. Because of this, but also when I was working with these kids, getting them into church, getting them to hear the gospel that they've never heard before, Mm -hmm. getting them to hopefully feel a love they've never felt before from a God that they don't know or a God that they think hates them, right? And and that is when I'm, that is when we're most fulfilled. Yes. Is when we are doing what we're supposed to be doing with our spiritual gifts. Our purpose, yeah. 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 So be fervent, be passionate, don't be lazy. Zeal. Fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Uh, quick side note, um, something that I'm starting to do with my kids at night. Uh, I got it from Dale Partridge. If you guys want to listen to a really good, really good theological podcast, Dale and Veronica Partridge or just Dale Partridge. Um, his thing, one of the things he does with his kids is nighttime uh, prayer, Bible reading, and proclamation. And uh, one of the things is I, I ask them, I say, Okay, what do loops do? As in like this, the the loops are going to be known for something. And what do we, or what are we going to be known for? And the first one off the bat is serve the king. What do we do? We serve the king. And, and that's it right there. Serve the Lord. You serve the king, especially with your gifts. So very important. Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk about the rest later, maybe. <laughs> so verse 12, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. This is the hard one. Uh, There's there's many, but this is the hard one. Rejoicing in hope. And uh, just, again, the the past six months, um, being in a place where you felt that there is no hope. And again, going back to faith as small as a mustard seed. And sometimes you feel like you don't even have that. Yeah. And And, and there were times for me over those last months where I'm like, man, it, it does. It looks hopeless. Yeah. It really did. And, and it looks like, you know, 
things are not going to work out the way you want them to or the way you think they should or the way that's fair or whatever. I mean, in in, in our scenario, God showed up in a mighty way. Oh, my goodness, That was did. just mind-blowing. Um, that doesn't always happen, though, right? Like, he shows up, but it's not the way you necessarily want. This time it was, I, and, and I, I don't yeah. understand... It was a hold my wine <laughs> type deal. Yeah. Watch watch me move. Yeah. yeah. And and but sometimes that's not gonna happen the way you want it yeah. to. But we have to rejoice in the hope that we have. Not, oh, I hope I get this new job. Not I hope this situation works out the way I want it to. I hope this the hope that in the end we win. Yes. The hope that in the end we get our crown. And the, the in the end we we are living in eternity with him. The hope is Christ. That's the hope. Yeah. Not surface level hope. Because service level hope is going to let you down because you might not get that job. Yeah. You might not have the situation work out the way you want it to. You might, whatever, I don't know. I don't yes. replace, fill in that blank with whatever you're hoping for. Yeah. Deep hope. Rejoice in the hope that in the end, your reward's in heaven. Yeah. And it leads right into the next part of be patient in tribulation. <laughs> that is that is the hard one. <laughs> I'll, I'll drink to yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And, and, and that's it. Be patient. Yeah. Be long-suffering. Yeah. <laughs> Take take a play from the playbook of God. Look at the Old Testament. Look at every situation with Israel. Literally every situation with Israel. The long suffering that our Father had with them. Yeah. And that is what we need to have. And it is so hard to do that, especially as a father with with young children being being long suffering with them. Uh, it, it gets hard. It does. Yeah. And looking at tribulations, looking at these, just that age-long question of why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the, the short answer is there is no good people. <laughs> right, There course. is no good people. That's not necessarily the answer that people take, but tribula- tribulation is going to happen. It is promised. As, as Christians, it is promised to us. Absolutely. And we need to be patient. Why? Because like Brad said, we, we win. We win in the end. And we don't see it. I'm Again, I'm only 27. I don't see the next 50 years or even that. Yeah. Jesus, please come soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But knowing that scripture calls my life a breath, it is a breath. It is fleeting. So, well, you you say that you're 27, but like 20, what'd you say? I'm sorry. 27. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you said you're 27. Do you, I mean, when you stop to think about it, like, oh my gosh, I'm 27. Like, yeah, that too. I am. Right. Like you're young. I'm almost to 30. I'm almost there. (laughs) Well, I'm sitting here at 33 and I'm like, I'm talking about high school that was 16 years ago. 10 for me. And I'm like, that's insane to me that it was 16 years ago I I was in high school. Yeah. That's insane to me. We're getting there, man. And and it is. It is that life is a vapor. You're impatient. You want things to happen now. You want things to happen when you want them to happen. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, this is taking forever. But then you blink... And you're 33, and, and you're, you're 27. And you have four children. And it's like, <laughs> how did I what get happened? here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and so, yeah, it is. Life is absolutely... And I'm sure everyone can relate to that. Maybe not if you're like seven, 15, 16, 17 years old. But those of us who are upper 20s, getting into our 30s, and kind of moving towards that direction, you're like, Life I was in high school up. 16 years ago. That is insane to me. Yeah. It feels like three years ago. I know. You know? I know. It's nuts. So, going to the next the next section of... Be constant in prayer. I think Paul was so purposeful in this, that all three of those in a row. Be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Hope, tribulation, and prayer. Yeah. Um, you can't do it without being able to talk to the king. You, 
You have to. When, when I see this passage and I see that phrase, be constant in prayer, my mind goes to two people. The two people in my life that have been the biggest prayer warriors I've ever experienced. And and, and it's not even close. Yeah. Two people that have, have exemplified this, be constant in prayer. And it's both my grandmas. It's it's Betty and Barbara. Shout out to Betty. I know she listens. I don't think my other grandma knows how, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But honestly, like mind blowing to me. You know, um, my grandma still sends me letters to this day of just she's written out a prayer for me. Oh wow! Yeah. And it's it's I know during the last few months it, it has been constant for both of them just be praying mm-hmm. for me specifically yeah. and, and and what's you know what's been going on and just. Two people that I can't thank enough for that, but also that exemplify, be fervent in prayer. Yeah. Or be constant in prayer, sorry. Yeah. Be constant in prayer. Both. <laughs> Both, yeah, yeah, honestly. But specifically for this passage, constant in prayer. Mm-hmm. They exemplify that more than anybody I've ever met in my life. Yeah. I can attest to that, having Betty in our home, yeah. just listening to that woman pray, dear Lord, <laughs> like truly... God is, I believe God is listening to her yeah. for, for sure. So uh, shout out to Betty. Thank shout you. Shout out Betty. Yeah. <laughs> and my other, and Barbara. Yeah, too. Barbara. But she doesn't. I haven't missed Barbara. You have not. So verse 13, <laughs> contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. I think that's another important one mm-hmm. because again, looking at saints, um, the, the the Catholic church, not as in, they they look at it as the, you know, someone dies and then a hundred years later we look at their deeds. And if they were good enough, then we'll label them a saint. But but that's not what scripture says. We are all called to be saints. Mm -hmm. And you, there are saints that are still alive in scripture that are doing what they're supposed to be doing and contributing to the needs of the saints. That's, that's not the saints that are dead. Those are the saints that are alive. And we as Christians are all called to be saints. We are supposed to contribute to the needs of one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are supposed to seek to show hospitality. Uh, hospitality, just looking at, against saints, that's a qualification. Yeah. It's a qualification for elders and uh, overseers. You have to be hospitable. You have to be able to talk to people, be kind to people, be able to speak with love, be you, hospitable to be people. Be welcoming to people within the church, into your church, yes. into your homes, in your even. Home. Be hospitable. Yeah. Show hospitality. I mean, it, it's, I mean, to put it in a more kind of generic sense, but like, what are your best hotel experiences? It's when the person at the front desk is smiling and welcoming you there, welcoming you to their establishment. It's when yeah. they take care of you. They, they, you need more towels. They bring you more towels. You, you need, Something's not working. They come and fix it without complaint, and they're cheerful. That, those are your best hotel experiences. That's the hospitality industry, right? Like it's it's a whole industry of, oh, yeah. of being welcoming into my home, my establishment. That is how we as Christians should be to the nth degree. And to in the, nth the church, degree. in the church, yeah, yeah. How many churches have you been into that you go in and nobody notices you? Nobody. Uh, you might have a greeter just say, "Hey, right. good morning," and right. they give you a pamphlet, and there's no real connection. There's no, hey, I'm going to go speak to this person. And well, I, I'm guilty of that, too. Of course, I'm, we all are. I am getting, we all are. I'm trying to get better at that. But we need to be doing that as as believers, as <laughs> the body of Christ, to have someone come into our church and be like, hey, I want to get to know you. Or not even on a super personal level where you're having them over every Sunday, but 
that it's genuine. Let your yeah. love be genuine. Show hospitality to where people aren't just coming in and then they're getting lost in the fray of things. Yeah. And, so and let's important. not jump over to, and I know you didn't, but contribute to the needs of the saints. Help. Help each other. Yeah. I, it, it can be... It can be financially. It can be preparing a meal for someone who just had surgery, mm-hmm. someone who had a death in the family, being able to prepare meals for their kid. Yeah, find a way to help. Yes, to, and and not seek anything in return. Not you know do it for ad, you know adoration or, or, or accolades. You yep. you do it out of the kindness of your heart, out of the generosity that God has given you. Yeah, and, and because you're supposed to. Yeah, because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to drop what we're doing and help those in need. Yeah, especially. Those within our church family. Yeah. And so for me, working in the tree business, I'm, a, I'm able to trim trees on the side. And that is something that I, I try to do when I have a brother or sister in need to be like, hey, uh, just cover my cost. I, I'll, I'll do whatever I can. And I, I, I did that once and I covered my cost and I took, I took this massive tree down. Yeah. And I was able to, to help a sister out. And it was awesome because this tree just split for a storm and I was able to take it down and to, if I were to do it in a true business standpoint, I would have charged a lot, a lot more, but that's my job as a brother in Christ. I'm, I'm helping. I'm, I'm, I'm being hospitable, but I'm also contributing as much as I can. And if that's all you can do, if you can only contribute your talents of course then you do that yeah if you can contribute your spiritual gifts then by all means exactly and, it, and it's not we're not calling you to forego your family to, to mm-hmm. it's it's obviously within reason yes. you, you help and you don't enable them to continue to live in bad decisions and this that and the other right. but it is a willingness to say hey i'm, I'm gonna step up and i'm gonna help you because you're my brother you're my sister and that is what we're supposed to do yes amen I'm Continuing going to throw this dog through a window. All right. It's <laughs> a bit feisty. Verse 14. Oh my goodness. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. That's that's another hard one. Again, with us uh, Americans, we we don't face the same persecutions as you guys do in third world countries. Uh my brother went on a missionary trip in Jinja, Uganda for 9 months. And wow. just listening to the persecution that they were facing. I'm like, I feel like a baby. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, woe is us because we don't get the... Uh, we've talked about it in other podcasts. Oh, my, my favorite soft drink. It's like, oh, I'm being persecuted because I couldn't get my latte today. <laughs> right. right. And I, again, not... God, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. 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 Not denoting a, a lot of our persecution here, but realize... That we are not being persecuted to the nth degree of our lives. Right. That those in Jinji, Uganda, in Kenya, in Haiti are going through. And we definitely need to keep that in perspective. But just looking at those who persecute us on just you are professing your faith and someone doesn't like it. So they're confronting you about it or yeah. they just don't like you about it. It's a form of persecution. Yeah. Not, of not as someone's trying to kill you, but it is still persecution. So... Bless them and do not curse them. Right, and we've we've talked about this. How there, I do think persecution is coming to our country. I, I think into the West. I think it may look completely different than it does mm-hmm. in Uganda, but it, but it's going to happen, and it is happening on some level. Yeah, and so you're right. It, it may not be your life on the line. It could be your livelihood not on the yet. line. <laughs> not yet. But yeah. It could be your livelihood yeah. on the line. It could be your your political aspirations. It could be your 
just your name, your reputation on the line. Yes. But we are not to retaliate, really. No. I mean, not to get revenge, yeah. not to curse them. Yes. And we're supposed to pray for them, love them. And we're going to get into that more here in just a couple seconds. So rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. I, mean, I, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's pretty black and white right there. Yeah. Well, it, so yeah, rejoice. When you have, and this hits mine, where you have a friend that they just got uh, an amazing raise, or they just got a job position that is going to further them exponentially. And being in that fleshly mindset of what we will more than likely be like, man, I really wish I could have gotten one. Right. And that's where I, I think this is pointing to a lot, where it's saying, do not go there. Rejoice with your brother. Rejoice with your sister. They just, God just blessed them with something. Right. You need to rejoice with them and be excited with them. And same thing with the weeping. When you have a brother or sister going through a hard time, they they lost a child. They they lost a parent. They something. There's sickness in the family. Yeah. And they're they're just so utterly broken to be able to do the the first part of what Job's friends did to just sit down and to be with them, yeah. to weep with them. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to yeah. offer pithy sayings. You don't have to dive in with an exegesis of the uh, of scripture. Yep. You you just sit there. You just say I love you. I love and you. And you hold them. And yeah, give them a hug and you cry with them. Yeah. And and you you just are there. Yeah. For everything there is a season, right? There is there is a time to encourage them with scripture. There's a time to show them the truths of scripture. But maybe not that first moment. Yep. Maybe that first moment is you just wrap your arms around them and you say I love you and I am here. Yep. And that's it. And it might be hours. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. you start crying too, because that's it. Weep with those who weep. Yeah. Cry absolutely. with them. Absolutely. Which, side note, I found is so weird. Not so much being married, but having children. Like, I, I wasn't, like, too much of an emotional guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but having children, <laughs> man, I am. I, there was actually one Sunday we had a uh, testimony Sunday. And it was actually the first time, uh, that first year we were at our church. And I got up there. And man, I just stopped. <laughs> I just broke loose, and li- <laughs> like looking out in the the crowd, and I like could tell it was me making other people cry. I'm like, ah, you're <laughs> me makes making it worse. you cry is making me cry makes more. It worse. Quit yep. it. Yeah, and so and so, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, over the last maybe six or seven years, I've become a little more emotional than I used to be. Still not quite, but like. If I see you start to cry, you're going to get me. Yeah. Right? And so that's... <laughs> There's t- been a couple moments. <laughs> yeah. The Testimony Sunday and 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 just everything. Yeah, for sure. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll get you because you're like, God, dog. Like, yeah. that's not... <laughs> <laughs> not here in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a humbling experience. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I haven't done it on stage yet. Yeah. Uh, man, if, if you don't have to, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the funny part was, I'm like, man, most of you don't know me, so I'm sorry. But anyway, yeah. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Mm, I love this one. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's again, going back to the being unified as a body of believers. Yes. It goes back to this. Uh, there's a passage, and remind, if, correct me if, well, don't correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't think I'm wrong, but like, if you know where it is, tell me, where... It talks about not sp- showing special treatment to those in fine clothes yes. and those with riches and those with money. Yes. Um, don't give them the seat of honor necessarily. You know what I mean? So th- that is a, th- a theme throughout scripture where we don't, I'm too good to, to, to sit with you or I'm too good to associate with you. 
oh, look at that. I mean, look at the drug addict that came in that's heavily tattooed and wearing biker shorts or biker jacket and jeans. You're not too good to sit with that person. Look at the rich CEO. You're not too lowly to sit with that person, interact with that person. It, it is, we are one body. We are one group of believers uniting under the gospel. And in God's eyes, we're all sinners. We're all unworthy. But in Christ, we're all the same. We're all made worthy. So it's, it's again, it's speaking to unity. So it's James, James chapter 2. Uh, my brothers and sisters, practicing your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ by not favoring one person over another. For example, two men come to your worship service. One man is wearing gold rings and fine clothes. The other man who is poor is wearing shabby clothes. So if you want to read more, you, you can yeah. go there. Yeah. 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 So just don't think of yourself as better than anybody else. And when we all yeah. put our pants on one leg at a time, I, I think, uh, we, <laughs> we we all have the same, I mean, just to the, make it gross, we all have the same bodily functions. Like, I yeah. mean, it's, it's we're not better than anybody else. Yeah. And to think that way because of the way someone looks or the way someone dresses or the way someone presents themselves or the job they have or, or whatever, that's not scriptural. That's that's. The antithesis to what Paul is saying here. Yeah. So yeah. right here, guys, we're going to, just for time's sake, we're not going to go exactly uh, word by word like we've kind of been doing. Uh, we we just kind of realized we're kind of pushing a pretty long episode here, which we're good with. Oh, yeah. But for the sake of time, we're we're going to kind of summarize kind of the rest and, and make hit a few of the high notes here. Uh, because I do think, ultimately, our point and Paul's point is being conveyed pretty well yeah. in the next few verses here. Finishing verse 16. So live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Again, the ways of the world is foolish yeah, to God. So. Absolutely. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Living your life for Christ, you want to show a honorable life to those unbelievers, but also to your believing friends, your, your brothers yeah. and sisters in Christ. Well, and... and- not to get off on this tangent, because I know I will if we if we let it, but verse 18 is a verse that's taken out of context a lot. Yes. If possible, so as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I think I've seen that verse taken out of context a lot more with this whole COVID nonsense. Yes. Not to get into it, but just read this. If you start to find yourself using this verse as a crutch for some of these issues and some of these things... Read it in context and, yes. and, and th- think about what Paul is actually trying to say here. Maybe that's another topic for another day. I, I think we've, you know, we've talked verses taken out of context. We might run that one back and do another round of verses taken out of context that's at true, some point. Yeah. Um, and this would be one of them for me is like, read it in context. Anyway, beside the point. Well, not really, but moving on. <laughs> moving on. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So that, that's Proverbs chapter 25, verse 21, <clears throat> where it says, Vengeance is mine, I will pay, says the Lord. And uh, jump into an extreme. Uh, you have, your family's murdered. And I, as, a, as a father, as a husband, that, you know, that weighs on my mind sometimes, you know, what would I do? <laughs> Automatically, first thought is, oh, I'll just go join the Navy SEALs and, you know, put my mind into something else. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um that if something happens like that, you do not take revenge. Now, different than self-defense, by right. the way. Want to That's point not that vengeance. Out. Yeah. Different from self-defense. So I, th- I do think there's a standard for self-defense. Someone attacks you, and later you contemplate, okay, how can I get exactly. back at them? That's revenge. 
versus someone is attacking you, you're defending your life or you're defending your family's life. Completely different. So don't take vengeance for yourself because God will repay that. God will take care of that. It might not be when you want, and it might not be how you want, but in the end, God will take care of it. Just wise. Absolutely. 20. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, if your enemy is hungry, you feed him. If he's thirsty, you give him something to drink. And that's not being like, oh, well, okay, I'll feed him. I'll give him something to drink, but I know God's going to take care of him. No, no, that is not what it's saying. It's saying, love him. Love your enemy. You you give him food. You give him drink. And if that does not turn him, if God doesn't allow that to turn his heart to good, then that that is what will reap hot coals on his head. <laughs> It'll make him mad. Yeah, yeah. He'll be like, I am doing everything I can to- I'm trying to kill you. To yeah. destroy you mentally, physically, whatever, emotionally, and yet you're being nice to me? How dare you? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's cliche, but this idea of kill him with kindness, <laughs> I mean, I think there was some validity yeah. to it. There, yeah, you look at, truth to it. You look at the bully, you look at a bully, and, and sometimes a bully needs to get popped- but other times when you are just nice to that bully and you are like, I'm still going to treat you with respect and I'm still going to help you. Okay, here's a good example. You have a, a, a just picture yourself in high school, maybe middle school. You're getting picked on by this one kid constantly. You know, just from knowing him that he comes from a rough background. He doesn't have a lot of money. And you realize one day he's not eating lunch. And you realize that it's because he couldn't afford to pay for his lunch that day because he didn't have any food at home and he doesn't have any money to get anything in the cafeteria. And you, as someone this kid bullies, you go buy them their food and bring it to them. It's either going to A, soften their heart, or it's going to really tick them off. Oh, yeah. One or the other. And I think both ways you kind of win. <laughs> but honestly, it, it's it's showing compassion to those who don't necessarily deserve it who or who don't show it to you. It's being being kind to those who hate you. Yeah, and that's it, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I, that's, that's Paul. That's, yeah. that's God through Paul. That is such, such a great way to end this chapter of do not let o- the evil of this world overcome you, but overcome that evil with good. What is good? The only thing that's good is Christ. Yeah. And that is so important to keep that in the forefront, to keep that in your mind. If you keep Christ at the forefront of your life, of your mind, your thoughts, your heart, everything. Again, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It is so important. And what is the second one? Love your neighbor, Love your as, neighbor yourself. as yourself. And they go hand in hand. They do. They absolutely do. You, yeah. you. I do not think you can have, you can truly love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength without loving your neighbor as yourself. Yes. You can't, because you're in sin at that point, obviously, and that yeah. hinders your relationship with God. Yeah. But they just go hand in hand. When you are using your spiritual gifts that Paul talks about in this chapter and, and talks about throughout a lot of his writings, when you're using your spiritual gifts to serve the Lord and you are in that right relationship with him and doing what he has called you to do, your love for others is going to just pour out of you. Yeah. It just is. It's going to be a natural byproduct of what you're doing and, and, and how you're serving. Yeah. And, and you're going to be more fulfilled. You're going to be more gentle. You're going to be able to 
heap burning coals on the heads of your enemies by killing them <laughs> with kindness, by yeah. by showing them compassion when they don't necessarily deserve it or they don't necessarily want to show it to you. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it is. It, it is, I mean, it, that's what Christ did for us. Showed us grace and compassion that we don't deserve, that we haven't earned, and we haven't, sure as heck haven't shown him as sinners. He showed it to us, and we're supposed yeah. to do the same for others. Yeah, yeah. So It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Well, after three weeks, we have finished, and, and like 17 hours, no, after three weeks and about three and a half hours, we yeah. have gotten through Romans chapter 12. Yeah. So uh, four is, chapters left, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah. And we will be kind of moving on to something else. Yeah. Um, next week will be episode 50. Um, we might try. we might do something different yeah. for episode fifty. Might be do something yeah. fun. I haven't I've had a couple ideas. I haven't Me really too. thought a ton about it, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in the next day or so, and maybe we'll have something fun next week. Yeah. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. It's it, honestly, it's truly an honor to, to do this, and yeah. and to the few of you that listen, uh, thank you. Like, yeah. Granted, we could do this, and no one would listen, and I would still want to do it. But the fact that people are listening just makes it that much it's, better. It's awesome, it and, does. and we can't thank you guys enough. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. But uh, Austin, you have something to close us out with? Yeah, I've got I got some lyrics. The the this group I I've actually I've said a few of their lyrics before. It's Gable Price and Friends. Is actually one. It's rare, but one that uh, my wife uh, led me to, and just theologically, this guy is sound. And uh, listening to this just really hit me hard and just kind of reading over these lyrics i wanted to share them with you guys so gable price and friends this this song is called repentance and i'll I'll just read the the last part of this song it says you ever you get get a song and as you're reading the lyrics you just want to sing it yeah oh yeah yeah i I won't do that though because that would be covered and maybe copyright infringement i don't know like if you're singing it i don't think it's it's not as as long as you're not playing playing there there okay I don't know. <laughs> so the, the last part of the song, it says, I'm sorry, I love you, I'm coming home. I built my kingdom, it collapsed at my feet. I nurtured my idols, they betrayed me. And I saw you standing on my prodigal street, mouthing, I love you, my boy. When the stars all fade on my golden road, and my income fails to carry me home, I see you standing with the finest robe, saying, I love you. When every idol fails to comfort me and my own skin and bones is stripped off of me, I'm going to look at the holder of eternity and scream, I love you. This is my repentance. I am sorry. I love you. I'm coming home. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Gable Price, um, give, give, him a, give him a listen to just theologically sound. I, I love their stuff. Not... Like we're getting paid by them or nothing, but um, <laughs> but, but hey, Gable, if you're listening and you want us to push your music, let's right? know. Yeah, we're, we're open. Well, and for <laughs> me, it's it's a big deal because uh, Christian music wise, I don't listen to much. Yeah, because I again, I want something theologically sound. So when my wife showed me this, like I I, I thank God. I'm like, oh my goodness, thank you for this guy. Yeah. Uh, so some of the stuff it might be repetitive a little bit, but just just theologically sound. So. Yeah, that's that's what I have to Well, think think through guys Romans 12 this week. Uh, think through how you're using your spiritual gifts. Are you seeking are revenge? You are you are you using them? Are you seeking revenge on, on others that have wronged you? Are you yeah. holding grudges? Are you renewing your mind? I mean, back to verses 1 and 2. Are you, are you being transformed by the renewing of your mind? 
So be thinking about that this week, guys. Read through Romans 12 again. Pray through Romans 12 and and uh, give give that song a listen called Repentance by Gable Price and Friends. So mm-hmm. give them a listen and uh, just think through the lyrics and pray through the lyrics even. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. just kind of take some time this week to reflect and, and mm. yeah. show, ask God to show you where you could serve him better and, and, and what you can do to stay humble and to keep your pride out of things. So uh, we love you guys. Thank you again so much for listening. It really does mean a lot to us. Check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, might get a Twitter at some point. I don't know. I've been posting random little things uh, yeah. throughout the week and like, eh, that's a pithy little Twitter saying maybe, but uh, uh, check <laughs> it out. You got me going with a couple videos too. I was just like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to be more active on that and, and um, just continue to interact with us. Give us a five-star review if you haven't done that yet on Apple. We'd love you so much for that. Thank you. And uh, we will see you guys next week. In the meantime, stay, stay rooted. rooted.